Do you love to read but struggle to see print? Bookshare is a nonprofit ebook library that makes reading easier for people with low vision or blindness. Members can read in ways that work for them with ebooks in audio, large print, and digital braille. Get unlimited access to over 1 million titles, including New York Times bestsellers, periodicals, upskilling books, and more. Bookshare is free for New York Public Library patrons or U.S. students with a qualifying disability. For more information, visit Bookshare.org today. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in. Take my hand. Say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in everyone to Visibilities on a very, very special Friday night. We have a good number of people here with us this evening. And I know everyone is very anxious to hear from our guest speaker tonight. And that will be happening in just a few seconds. I first want to um, thank Natalie Coach for hosting with me this evening. And, of, and our resident streamer is back, Larry Gassman. And I want to thank both of them for being with us tonight. And our very, very special guest I want to introduce now is Jerry Barrier from originally Pennsylvania, uh, but Massachusetts adopted him a long time ago, uh, back, back when I was still in Massachusetts, even. Um, uh, Jerry is one of probably the country's most well-known blind birders. He has an amazing, amazing ability uh, to identify birds. Uh, he'll probably tell us, um, maybe Jerry will tell us how he first got involved with birding. And he just does so much great work with it. Uh, and so I'm just going to be quiet for a change. You're all applauding at this point, I'm sure, anyhow. And introduce Jerry Barrier, my friend and one of the greatest birders around. Well, thank Good you, evening, Jerry. Jerry. Good evening to everybody. It's great to be here. I hope you're hearing me. Um, very well. Very good. And yes, I've been in Massachusetts since 1998, and they've been trying to get rid of me ever, ever since then, but <laughs> I just keep sticking around. I was actually born in Tennessee, but I lived in Pennsylvania since I was five years old. And ironically, my son and his family just moved to Tennessee because they... We used to go there on vacations, and they loved it. Uh, but anyway, I'm here to talk about birds. And how I got started in this hobby was through my biology class in college. I was a psych major, but I had to take one semester of biology. And the teacher wasn't quite sure what to do with me during the lab portion, <clears throat> excuse me, the lab portion of the course. And he gave me really what was one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. <clears throat> and I didn't realize it at the time, and honestly, I don't think he did either. But he let me borrow his records from Cornell University 
of um, bird sounds, and they were identified, uh, and they were in sequence. They had birds of the field and birds of the forest and so on. And he said he wanted me to listen to those during the semester, and at the end of the semester, he would take me out in the woods for a walk, and my lab grade would be dependent on how well I was able to identify some of the birds. And I remember very well how I felt when I first started listening to them. I would listen to five or six, and I would think, my gosh, they sound exactly alike. I can't tell the difference between them. But by the end of the semester, I really was hooked. I started uh, listening to birds everywhere I went, and I'll talk more about how birding has changed my life as we go on. But I want to get us started here by talking about a few interesting facts about birds. I'm going to play this first bird, which is the American robin. You're going to hear my friend Lang Elliott. He was the person who did the recording and the narration for a lot of the bird sounds that I have. And I always try to give attribution to him because he's been very very good to me over the years and sometimes has provided me with a rare call that I needed to get for some reason or another. And he's a great person, so I like to uh, always mention his name. Okay, I'm going to play the sound of the American Robin. I want you to tell me, or maybe one of you, how many different calls you hear in this, because there's a reason I'm asking. So here goes the Robin. American Robin. So far, I'm hearing the same thing repeated, so let's see what else it does. Okay, I think I counted five. I don't know how many all of you counted, but uh, oh, it's still going. Well, he's almost finished. Anyway, the reason I played that is to tell you that I learned just the other night from what I really believe is a reliable source that the robin has the ability to make 70 different sounds. Um, they have sounds for, for when they're fearful, when they're angry, all kinds of different things. Now, if that's impressive, the next bird I wanna play for you is one called the brown thrasher. And some of you may not be familiar with that bird, but you may be familiar with the mockingbird, which can make a lot of different sounds. But the brown thrasher is reported to be able to make 2,000 different sounds. And I'll tell you the difference between the brown thrasher and the mockingbird sounds. You can tell which it is because when a mockingbird, whether it's a southern mockingbird or a northern mockingbird, which happen to be the same thing, by the way, they just live in different places, but when they make sounds and imitate other birds, the mockingbird tends to do it three to four times, and it'll do that over and over, and then it'll switch to another bird and do that one three to four times. The brown thrasher, on the other hand, does them usually two to three times or one to two times. So let me find that. Here comes the brown thrasher. Brown thrasher.
Okay, so I'm not going to let that one play too long, but somebody, I think it was Henry David Thoreau, said that the Brown Thrasher sounded like it was saying, drop it, drop it, pick it up, pick it up. And we'll talk about that a little later because that relates to something called mnemonics that I like to use. Um, that it sounded okay. like it was saying igloo, igloo at one point, too. <laughs> You know, that brings up a, a point. If you're calling in by phone, you may have trouble hearing some of these things. I've found this in the past that some of the thou- sounds do not translate well on the on the phone, and I'm very sorry about that, but that's one of the vagaries of Zoom. Um, they sound <clears throat> fine to, to me. They oh, sound coming across really well. Great. Thanks. So the Brown Thrasher, uh, as I said, is reputed to be able to pl- to make... 2,000 different sounds. And it must have been some poor college student student that had to sit there in the lab and count all those sounds. I don't know. But it seems uh, unbelievable to me that a bird could make that many different sounds. But I heard this from an Audubon person who I happen to know is very well educated and up on these things. So I found that interesting. Now we're going to go next to the loudest bird in the world. If anybody happens to know what the loudest bird in the world is, would you raise your hand? Maybe we should have, um, if you can hold for one second, sure. well, uh, Jerry, maybe mm-hmm. Natalie, you want to just remind folks how to raise their hands? Okay. Um, so, and mute. Oh, sorry. Um, so to raise your hand on a PC, um, it is... Alt Y um, on and to mute and unmute it is um, Alt A on a Mac it is Option Y and to mute and unmute it is Command Shift A um, on a smartphone or tablet raise your hand is under the More option on the right hand side of your screen and to mute and unmute is on the lower left hand corner of your screen and if you are on a phone with a keypad. To raise your hand, it is star nine, and to mute and unmute, it is star six. And you do have two hands, I think, or two. So, uh, Terry, if you would like to call maybe on the first person that raised a hand, and they're going to tell us what the loudest bird in the world is. Okay. Um, Calandra, if you want to unmute, what do you think the the loudest bird is? Okay. Now, I had birds on Twitter. both on cassette and I have a bird song tutor workshop and uh, I think that either the loudest bird in the world would be two guesses either the red tail hawk or the barred owl well both of those are fairly loud how about another guess somebody have a different guess Beth has a guess. Ooh, we got a lot of hands raised. We do. Beth, you want to unmute? And I want to give you a I want to give you a clue. This bird is does not exist in the United States. Oh. Did all the hands go down? I was gonna gonna say a macaw, but it doesn't exist. Maybe it's a, a toucan. Nope. Let's take one more guess, and then I'll let you hear it, and I'll tell All you right, what Cindy it is. All right, Cindy LeBon. The white bell bird. Oh, you know it. Yeah, How I did know. you know I that? I love birds. How did you know that? 
I knew that from, you know, my aunt got me into birds when I was a little kid and she raised parakeets, cockatoos, and she outside birds were everywhere. And she had records and stuff like that. And she could do bird sounds and calls. She got me into birds. And when you said that, I kept saying, it's a bellbird. It's a bellbird. And then I don't know why. Somehow I said, oh, I bet it's a that's it. I wasn't going to say white bell bird. I was going to say yellow bell bird, but no, nope, white was, was correct. Yep. I, well, one of these days, bird. you and I are going to have to have a conversation. Yes, we Thank are. You. And I've got <laughs> something for you to ask you about in a little bit, and I can't wait. <laughs> well, I'm okay. afraid you're going to have to for a few I minutes. <laughs> if not, I All need right. to get your contact. So I'm going to play the white bell bird, and it uh, is is known to make a sound that is 125 decibels loud. And for anybody who doesn't know it, that is really, really loud. And of course, it's hard to tell by listening to something on a recording, but listen to the sound of this thing. I got this off of YouTube this morning. Okay, that's enough of the white bell bird. I just thought it would be interesting to know what the loudest bird in the world is. And that, is that is, it doesn't even, to me, I thought it would sound more electronic or something. Right, it does. It, to me, it sounds like a, a horn that you might hear on a ship when there's an emergency or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that, exactly. <laughs> uh, but birds really make a lot of different sounds. I'm going to try and play what I think is one of the weirdest sounding birds next, and that's going to be the Atlantic puffin. And from what I understand, they're very uh, fascinating to watch. Let's see. Let me find it here. All right. Here's the Atlantic puffin. We're back to Lang Elliott now. He's going to announce it. Atlantic puffin. That's a bird. Okay, that's enough of that guy. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> the songbirds myself, but I thought you might like to hear that. That is neat. I've actually yeah. encountered about eight or ten of those. We were up in um, Newfoundland, and there was a whole school, slew, whatever, of puffins there. Up on a um, Signal Hill, I think it's called. Yeah, outside of St. John's, cool. Newfoundland. And yep. there were a lot of them up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to talk about mnemonics for a minute. Mnemonics are a uh, memory tool that you can use to try and remember what a bird sounds like. And I know that if you ask either one of my kids who are in their 40s now, but if you ask them, what does the Eastern he say? They would say, drink your tea. So let's give a listen to the Eastern Tohi. Mm, here we go. Eastern Tohi.
Okay, so we use these mnemonics. Mnemonics, if I remember correctly, are spelled M-N-E-M-O-N-I-C-S. It's kind of a strange word, but it's where you you put words to the sound that you think a bird is making. Uh, For example, the robin that we heard a little while ago says, cheer up, cheerily, cheerily, cheer up, and that sort of thing. Okay, so... Um, I'm going to show you another one that has a pretty good, pretty easy to recognize mnemonic that goes with it. It's actually the bird's name. So let me find it here. It's going to be the Eastern Phoebe. And here it is. Eastern Phoebe. So if you can hear that well enough, you can tell that it actually seems to be saying Phoebe. It's got a very rough sound to it, but it says Phoebe. Now I'm going to play the black-capped chickadee, not the black cat chickadee like I thought it was when I was a child, but it's black-capped, C-A-P-P-E-D, chickadee. And it makes a sound that you could easily think sounds like Phoebe, but it's a very clear sound. And I'm sure some of you have heard the uh, the black-capped chickadee before. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. All right, I found it, and uh, it has two different sounds. It has its spring call, which is like a two-tone whistle, uh, which seems to say Phoebe or see me or sweetie or something like that. And then it also says chickadee dee dee. That's its mnemonic. Black capped chickadee. Okay, we'll get back to the bird sounds in a few minutes, but I want to talk a little bit first. Um, Let me just get back to my notes here. I want to mention a couple of resources uh, where you can get information about birds. (coughs) There are a couple of iPhone apps that are really good. One is called Merlin Bird ID. That's M-E-R-L-I-N. Bird ID. It's from Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, which is a great birding place. Uh, And this Merlin Bird ID does a couple of things. You can actually hold your phone up if you're hearing a bird and don't know what it is. If it's not real noisy around, it doesn't work well if there's a lot of ambient noise, but if it's fairly quiet and you're hearing a bird, you can uh, record the sound of it and you, it'll ask you uh, what habitat you're in, what part of the country you're in, and that sort of thing. And then it will give you a pretty good guess as to what the bird is that you found. So I think the app is free, if I remember correctly. There may be a, a cost for some of the, the packages of bird sounds that you can buy to go with the app. But I think the app itself is free. Uh, so that's Berlin, Merlin Bird ID. That's a good one, not only for recording sounds, but you can type the name of a bird in there and then find its sound. It is definitely accessible. I won't say that it's the easiest app in the world to use. 
um, because it's got a lot of features. Uh, it's got it's complicated, but it is doable with voiceover, and I would say completely accessible. Um, the other one that is my absolute favorite iPhone app is called LarkWire, L-A-R-K, like the bird, wire, W-I-R-E, all one word, LarkWire. What I like about that app is that I can use it to test myself. It will play a sound, and it will stop, and I have to either hit good if I think I know the answer, or not sure if I don't know for sure that I know it. And I have to be honest for the thing to work properly, but uh, which I mostly am. Um, but I use that to test myself. And I want to talk a little bit about my birding skills because I really do want to be honest about this. I know a lot of bird sounds, maybe 50 or, I don't know, 70 maybe, but there are hundreds of species of birds in this world and several hundred right around where I live probably. And there are a lot of them that I really have trouble remembering. And the older I get, the more trouble I have remembering them. I'm sure nobody else on here has had that problem, but I find that every year I have to relearn a lot of things. And um, I'm embarrassed sometimes that I don't do better than I do at it. But a lot of the warblers, which are the ones that people really go after when they're uh, contesting to learn as many birds as they can, the warblers, a lot of them sound very similar. I mean, really similar. And you have to have a good ear and have a lot of practice. And also, it's very helpful to get out in the field where the birds are. And I don't get out as often as I would like to, I must say. Uh, So I'll use that as one of my excuses. But... But I, I'm okay with the with the common birds that we hear, like starlings and owls and that sort of thing. Um, so let's see. Another resource that I use is something called the Stokes Field Guide. It is a book. I didn't buy the book, but I bought the set of CDs that went with it. It has over 300 species of birds, and they're all individual files. So I exported them all from the cds and alphabetized them so that if somebody asked me to play a bird i can usually find it within 20 or 30 seconds so that that's the other one there's another i'll mention one other set uh there is a series of cds called birding by ear it is i don't remember how many cds it it is it might be six but it it lets you hear all the common birds And the person who does those CDs does a fantastic job of talking about the sounds and helping you to compare them with other birds and to remember little things about a specific bird, to to, not just mnemonics, but lots of things to help you remember their sound. There's birding by ear, and once you get through those, there's the one that has all the warblers in it, and that is called more birding by ear. So that's another set. Um, so now we know what Cindy LeBon is going to want for Christmas next year. <laughs> so, yeah, I use those a lot. And uh, um, I also use my iPhone if I need to look up a bird and I don't happen to have my computer with me. But I'm a lot slower with that than than I am with the computer. And I don't want to talk too much. So I think what I'd like to do now is take some requests. Um, if you want to ask to hear birds, I don't really have very many out that, that are from the outside of the United States. So ask me for local birds 
And especially if they're in the, the eastern United States, there's a good chance I'll be able to play them for you. And I hear a couple of hands raised already. You do, and the first one is Calandra again. There you go. Um, yeah, hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, what I would really like to hear is the, uh, if you have the, what do you call it, the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the Carolina Red. If you have that, I have that on my bird song workshop from Hadley. All right. And, uh, I do have it. Wanna... I'm sorry. I don't have it. Okay. I do, and I'll be glad to play it. I want to tell you a little bit about the Carolina Wren. It is one of the smaller birds that, that folks see around this area, but boy, are they loud. There was one nesting in my yard when I lived in Central Mass a while back, and I was amazed at how loud that thing was. And the way I remember the Carolina Wren, it makes a few different sounds, but its primary song is tea kettle, tea kettle, tea kettle. See if you agree with me. Carolina Wren. That last um, rough whistling sound is another one of their, the calls. If you hear that, you know that's a Carolina wren. And I will admit that particular Carolina wren didn't say tea kettle all that well, but that's what I use anyway to remember what they sound like. Okay, how about another request? Debbie Green. Debbie, if you can unmute. Debbie, did you, uh, I'm just wondering if perhaps, Debbie, you can unmute. I'm just wondering if maybe you've got the thing up that says the got it. Uh, yeah, you that you have to got it button. Yeah, you got to find the got it. If, if that says that, that the call is being recorded. And the best way to do that is to tab through until you hit the got it button. It's usually only two or three tabs. Carla, put your hand back up. I want to say hello to you. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be along, from, I'll bet. An old friend from Washington, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. In the meanwhile, um, Carol from Maine. Well, while Debbie's trying to unmute, let's go with Carol. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Always delight. Um, I have the uh, birding by ear cassette of cassettes and I, I don't have it right in front of me so I don't know how many it's got a bunch but I don't know it's overwhelming to me I've ta mm. taken I love to listen to it but I don't know how to to translate all of those wonderful sounds to knowing who they are <laughs> it's it's I just find it overwhelming yeah, that's, um, I, that's a very good point, and that's how I felt when I first got into it. And even now, I can't, there's no way I can learn them all. Um, I pick a few every year that I really try to cement into my head. 
And I find that if I hear a bird outside in the wild where it belongs, usually I can remember it. Just by listening to recordings, it doesn't always work well for me until I actually get a chance to hear that bird out in its, its, its own habitat. And that helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. One of the best experiences I had with this was I was out walking. It happened to be in Massachusetts. We were walking in an, a, bird, a lot of birds, and I was with sighted people. So I would hear the sound and say, oh, it's right there. And I could point to exactly where it was. And they could like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's a blah, blah, blah bird. Mm-hmm. And that, I, if I could have done that, if I could do that more often, that would be just, I, I think I would get it then. Yes. Not yeah. being able to see when I'm outside is a big disadvantage because while I can hear 360 degrees around and people can't see all around them, but if I could look up and say, oh, yeah, now I know what that bird is because I could see it and hear it, I really yeah, I feel wow. that people who are sighted have a big advantage over me in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Thanks. Well, thank yeah. you, Carol. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Carol. Uh, Marsha Summers. Um, I live in Florida, and when I first started losing my sight, I did find try to find all the florida birds online so i could identify them there was one that i don't know what it is i we ca- i called it the uh-oh bird um and i don't know whether it, it does it only in season but it goes uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. all right i'm gonna let you hear a bird the fish crow and you tell me if that's the one fish crow uh-uh. <laughs> that's it <laughs> That's it, and I, I love okay. the sound. Of the, I love the sound of the barred owl. And if I hear them, I open my window so that I can go to sleep with him. And I don't know whether a pelican has a sound. And if you had mentioned those two, uh, I didn't get to to write down those two apps that you mentioned. Oh, the Merlin Bird ID. That's M E R L I N. And the other one was um, Lark Wire. W-I-R-E? Yes, all one word, Lark Wire. Thank you. And I'm going to play the barred owl because I know somebody's going to ask for it. And when I hear an owl, I feel like I'm on top of the world. It's it's rare that I ever actually hear one. I remember one day I was out in the in my front yard at about 6 o'clock in the morning, and it was about zero out, and it was January. And I was out there because my guide dog needed to go out. And I'm thinking, oh, man, it's freezing out here. And all of a sudden I heard, who's awake? Me too. And I heard another one calling back to it. That's the mnemonic for a um, great horned owl. Uh, The barred owl, it's very obvious what the barred owl says, and you'll notice it when I play it. It says, who cooks for you? Who cooks for you? And if it's a southern one, sometimes it says, Who cooks for you all? So let's see if you agree with me. Barn swallow. Oh, I got the wrong bird. Hold on here. Let's try another one. (laughs) Barred owl. Yes.
And while we're talking about owls, I'm going to let you hear the great horned owl. That's the one that says, who's awake? Me too. Let's see. Great horned owl. That's actually two of them. Uh, the higher pitched one is probably a female talking to the lower pitched one, which is a male. And that's what I heard the morning that I was out there with my guide dog. There were two of them in flight. And I could hear them staying in contact with each other by making that sound, which brings up a point that birds make a lot of different sounds, not just the brown thrash, thrasher, but most birds have at least several sounds that they make. They have a song, if they're a songbird, and they also have a call, which is usually a, like a single syllable that they will use to stay in contact with a mate or to claim their territory. That's one of the reasons birds sing also, by the way. Birds sing very loudly and clearly to let all the other birds know, hey, this is my tree, this is my territory, stay away from here. Uh, so they're, they're not just singing to uh, serenade us. Uh, we may like to think they are, but they really aren't. They have other reasons for what they do. Okay, how about another request? Barbie. Yes, hi. <laughs> hi, Barbie. Hi. Um I would like to hear the cardinal. Northern cardinal. One of my favorite sounds. I have a lot of favorite sounds. I love the wood thrush. I'll play that one next. It sounds like a flute to me, but the northern cardinal is a very clear sound. Sometimes it says birdie, 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 or pretty, pretty, pretty. And other times it says cheer, cheer. So here goes the cardinal. Northern Cardinal. Okay, so that's the oh, northern cardinal. Yep. Um, they make a lot of different sounds. Some birds, by the way, um, come out of the, when, when they hatch, they know their song already. And those are mostly birds that only make a, only have a certain type of song that they do all the time. I would say that uh, I think ducks, they know how to make the quacking sound. But other birds like um, starlings, for example, they make a lot of different sounds. If you've never heard a flock of starlings, that's a really weird sound. They uh, almost sound like they're from a different world. And they can make like a, a wolf whistle sound. They can make these ghostly kinds of sounds. In fact, let me play that. And then we'll go to the next person. Uh, so starling would be European. Here it is. European starling.
Sounds like at least three different birds. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Wow. They tend to be together in flocks. Um, other birds, not necessarily, but starlings tend to do a lot of things in flocks, including um, they do like aerobatic <clears throat> shows where they all, they're together in a certain pattern and they manage to maintain the, the shape of the flock as they move around in the air. Okay, who's got another request? Beth has one for us. Thank you. Yeah. Am I in the unit? Yeah. Yes. Um, what is the, first of all, I wanted to say that would be cool to have a, a ring on your cell phone like that uh, Atlantic Puffin. <laughs> 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 I think that would be really neat. And what does the uh, condor sound like? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I don't have that, but let me check. I can't remember the first word that goes with condor. Um, some of them have, some of them call them the California condor, and then. Um, what was the first one? California. Oh, okay. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, no, I'm sorry to say that's States. one I do not have. I have a few um, ocean-going birds, but most of the birds I have are songbirds. Oh, but, th uh -huh. but thank you for asking. Do you have the eagle? Eagle, yes. There are two different kinds. The one that's around this area is the bald eagle. And a lot of times when in a movie there's a bald eagle, which is supposed to be a very fierce bird, they will play the sound of a red-tailed hawk because it sounds meaner than an eagle does. The eagle doesn't really sound all that fierce. I'll play a, I'll play an eagle and then I'll play a the golden eagle, and then I'll play a uh, barn owl, which has a really fierce sound. Not to be confused with the barred owl, B-A-R-R-E-D, that I played before. So here's the oh, bald okay. eagle. Bald eagle. So that's the bald eagle. Now I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the red-tailed hawk so that you can hear uh, what it sounds like. Uh, here we go. Red-tailed hawk. So they're not super loud, but they do have a rather fierce sound, and they're, they're birds of prey, so the smaller birds go and hide somewhere when they either hear or see a red-tailed hawk. And I don't know if you're all aware of just how big some of these birds are. If you're like me and congenitally blind, you, you may have never seen just how large they are, but some of them can have a wingspan that's four or five feet wide, even six feet, the bald eagle, they're huge. And uh, well, if I were ever able to see, that's one of the things, along with my family, that I would like to, to be able to see someday. Okay, so that was the red-tailed hawk. 
Now, I said I was going to play the Bard, I'm sorry, the Barn Owl, B-A-R-N, which I think is one of the fiercest, scariest sounds of all of them. So here's the Barn Owl. Barn Owl. What? I remember when my kids were small, we were on vacation uh, near Zanesville, Ohio, and we stayed in a cabin, and we kept hearing that sound at night, and we thought somebody was getting killed, but it, we, we learned later that it was a barn owl. Okay, other requests? We have about six more. Okay. And um, Carla. Hi there, Jerry, from one old friend to another. <laughs> hey there, Carla. Good to hear you. Voice. I, <laughs> I miss you. I really do. It's been many years. Um, a couple of things. When I was listening to that Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Puffin, it sounded like a muted, a muted chainsaw to me. <laughs> That's how I described that one. But um, I, two I, I, I have all kinds of questions, but i got to limit myself. Um, um, I have a request and a question. Um, at this time of year, there's this big flock of birds that comes, and I, I'm i trying to identify it. And these guys are not cooperating with me. I'll take my Olympus recorder out and go to record them, and they, they're quiet then. You know, it's like they know they're being recorded, and I'd like to send them to my brother, who may have joined us tonight, my brother Tom, who moved to Alabama. I tried to talk him into coming because he's really into wildlife and birds. And, and the request that I have is um, um do you happen to have a rufus-sided tui i do actually um they now call that bird the eastern tohi and i think i played it before but let me play it again because that's one of my favorites that's the one that says drink your tea um and also since you're a linguist carla i want to tell you that birds make different sounds in different parts of the country and even not far from each other. A lot of birds, they sound like what they heard when they were very young birds. There is only a short period of time when they can learn songs, most of them anyway, unless it's a parrot. But um, they definitely do have dialects. And I am quite sure, I used to tell people this all the time and nobody believed me, but I lived in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, and there was a, and I worked in the town of Marlboro, which was about a 20 minute ride from Shrewsbury. And the tufted titmouse sounded different in Shrewsbury than it did in Marlboro. And I read just recently that chickadees sound different on Martha's Vineyard because they have no contact with the rest of Massachusetts. And they only uh, hear themselves and their families and birds that live in that area. So they do tend to develop their own dialect. That is true. And you know, the, the, that crow, the Florida crow, and I know when I was a kid, we, um, we used to, um, my brothers used to kid me that they were coming after us and we were down floor and they go, uh-oh, uh-oh, and they say, here's Florida crow, uh-oh. And then we came back to Pennsylvania, they were running around doing that. And you know, so I have a soft spot for them. But yes, that, that is interesting that they have different dialects. And uh, yeah. So I'm uh, going to put the Eastern Tohi on just for a short time here so you can hear it say, drink your tea. Eastern Tohi. Okay, next request. And that would be from Kay Malmquist. 
Yeah, Jerry, it's great to hear you out here. I love birds, have rehab, rehomed, worked with domestics and all kinds of different things. But the fascinating part about birds, too, I, I'm assuming you know this, is that the sounds they make are not just on the exhale. They also make sounds on the inhale as well, a lot of birds, and they have different uh, vocal cords and ways of making sounds. Um, and I'm really appreciating this, your, your uh, presentation here. My question is, do you have a bird like a meadowlark or a nightingale or any of those types of birds that um, are supposed uh, to be? Go yeah, I, I have the meadowlark. The nightingale is a European bird, and I don't think I have that one. But let me just say that birds do um, have a different type of voice box than, than humans do. They have something called a syrinx, and they can mm -hmm. actually make two sounds at the same time, which... If I can remember to do it after I play this one, I will play the wood thrush because, no, I'm sorry, the veery, which can make two sounds at exactly the same time. So the. Well, did you notice that the white bell, it actually has a double tone while it's doing its it sound? It did. And too, I could right? also hear another one way off in the background, like it was communicating with it. Okay. Um, what was it that I said? Oh, the metal lark. <laughs> yep, yep. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I... Here it is. The Eastern Meadowlark, the mnemonic for it, which everybody should recognize as soon as you hear it. It says spring of the year. Eastern Meadowlark. I hope these are coming through to you better than they are on the headphones that I have on because I'm only hearing some of the sounds. I think there's a limit to the high frequencies that these headphones permit. Plus, my hearing has gone down some. I'll be 70 in June, and I guess I'm starting to show my age in one way or another. But I don't hear birds as well as I used to. Uh, and I sometimes wear hearing aids when I go out birding. But that doesn't work well if there's any wind. So it's always a... You know, it's a toss-up whether I want to use the hearing aids or not. Uh, okay, I said I would play. What did I say I was going to play next? <laughs> well, whatever it was, I've forgotten what it was. So let's see if we can get another request. Um, with the med no, the meadow. We did yeah, the meadow. You did that one. Um. Any more hands raised? Yeah, we have another half a dozen of them to oh. go. Uh, okay. Maria Christic. Hi. Hi, Jerry. This is hey. fun. Hi. <laughs> um, I, I think the one you were going to play, first of all, just to answer your question, because I think I remember, you, you said you were going to play some bird. I, I don't remember the name, the one that can make oh. two sounds at the... Yeah. Yes. Oh, the two sounds. Let me play that, and you just hold on, and then ask your question because sure. I might forget if you ask it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. No worries. All right. Here's the veery. It, I I love the sound of it. It's a it's a really weird sound. Veery. <laughs> to me, it sounds like it's singing into a jar. Um, Okay, Maria, what bird would you like to hear other than the Viri? Yeah. <laughs> well, that one wasn't mine. That doesn't count. Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was wondering, so I'm in New York, and I just looked up, and apparently the um, state bird is the eastern bluebird. 
So um, that's what I was curious to hear. And then you actually, you were saying earlier about ducks and quacking, um, but aren't there some ducks that make like some other kind? Was it like a whistling or something? So I didn't know if you had any more, like, I, I don't know, unusual quote unquote ducks. Yeah, there are lots of different kinds of ducks. There's, um, let's see, what are there? There's the American black duck. There's the mallard. Uh, there's one called a whistling swan. That's not a duck, but it's a swan, and it makes a whistling sound. But there, there are probably 10 or 12 different uh, breeds of ducks. Okay, um, let's see. Eastern bluebird. And the mnemonic that I use to remember the bluebird is... Um, Cheer, Chirple Charmer. Eastern Bluebird. That's the Eastern Bluebird. Okay, who's next? Okay, our next one is Debbie's... No, uh, I lost it. Yeah, Debbie's iPhone. Debbie? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. How about, I'm the Debbie that couldn't get on a while ago. Um, Blue heron. Yes, the great blue heron. That was a surprising sound to me when I heard it for the first time. Yeah, it's quite a loud sound and not a real pretty sound. I wouldn't call this a songbird exactly, but here it goes. (laughs) Yes. Blue heron. Okay. Thank you. Okay. There you go. Perfect. And Pam Coffee. If you want to, if you can unmute, please. Oh, call me with a mouthful, but that's okay. Uh, (laughs) I, yeah, normally I would be through with dinner by now, but um, once when I was visiting grandparents, out in the country in Northwest Alabama. And I've only heard this sound that one trip. And I don't even remember for sure what time of the year it was. I'm thinking it was cold weather, but um, it was at either during the night or very early in the morning. I heard this and I'm sure it was a bird, but it made a sound that just gave me the willies. <laughs> it sounded like the best way I can think of to describe it is it sounded like high pitched laughter. Oh, and I don't um... mean high pitched in human terms mm-hmm. rather than your typical pitch of a bird, but it gave me the willies. I thought, what on earth? I I thought it was people out in the yard laughing. Hmm. Well, I will play an Eastern screech owl. I love the the sounds of all the different owls. I don't Mm -hmm. know if this is what you heard or not, but I'm just taking a guess. So here's the screech owl. And by the way, screech owls don't screech. They never screech. So I don't know why they call them. Okay. Eastern Screech Owl. (laughs) 
So does that sound like what you remember? Uh, not really. Well, no. it kind of, sort of, but this this actually had a somewhat deeper, a lower pitch sound. Mm. But I'm, I would think it probably was maybe a type of owl because it was very, very early in the morning or I, I don't even know for sure what time. I'm not sure I was old enough to tell time at this point, but it was very, very early in the morning. All right, I'm going to play one more. This is the Greater Prairie Chicken, and this is probably not it either, but but yeah. it has a weird sound, so I'll play it mm -hmm. for a second. Mm -hmm. Greater Prairie Chicken. <laughs> okay. That sounds a little bit like it, but yeah. it, you know, it it's we're talking it's been over 60 years since I heard that that bird. <laughs> well, and that's it was okay, good. but thank yeah. you for asking and uh, Thank you. I, I love hope it. you hear it again someday. <laughs> oh, well, you know, none of the people that I've stayed with out in the country are still living, so I don't get to go out there now, but yep. um, but oh well, yes, well, I, I would you. hear some interesting birds. Thank you for uh, participating thank tonight. You, thank you, Pam. Uh, Tony, if you can, Tony, can you unmute for us? Okay, this is fine. There you um, go. Yeah, here I go. Um, how about a cockatoo? Uh, I don't think I have that. That's a, if I'm not mistaken, that's a bird that's uh, an exotic bird that is uh, pets here in this country. I don't know if they actually live in this country or not, but I don't think I have that one. You want to try guessing another one? I mean, asking another one? You got a parrot? No. Oh. <laughs> I have mostly okay. mostly songbirds. Okay. I tried. Thanks okay. anyway. You're welcome. And uh, De Deb from Hawaii. Aloha. Are you there, Deb? Deb, can you unmute with uh, star six? Deb? And I'm thinking we might want to, unless you can, we can extend the time. We should probably stop at the I know, next I think one we're because I'm going to make a couple comments. Um, yeah, I'm afraid we're going to have to call it quits here. Do it again. Um, do it again. Sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think we're going to have to call it. Call it on uh, on. On let's stump Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'll. Um, I just want to say that I, I mentioned this at the beginning that my interest in birding really has been life changing. Uh, it's made travel more meaningful for, to me. Everywhere I go, as soon as I get out of the car, I'm hearing birds and wondering what they are and wanting to learn about them. I don't learn very well what they look like, and don't it, it doesn't worry me too much what they look like. I, I kind of like to know the basic size, but in general, I'm more interested in the sounds they make and where they live and that sort of thing. So it's done that. 
instead of taking photographs, I record sounds, and I take a recorder with me. Well, nowadays I use my iPhone, because actually iPhones have a, an excellent microphone in them. They record quite quite well. But I'm more in tune with the seasons because of my interest in birding. I feel, I care about the environment. Um, I've done a lot of work with the Massachusetts Audubon Society over the years to help to create uh, accessible nature trails. And had I not been interested in birding, that would never have happened. I also joined an organization called birdability.org, birdability, all one word, .org, which is a group that promotes birding among, among people with all kinds of disabilities, wheelchair users, blind people, and so on. Um, I learned to write HTML because I wanted to create my own website so I could put some of my bird sounds on it. And if anybody ever wants to check out my website, it probably looks like it's done by a blind person, but it's birdblind, B-I-R-D-B-L-I-N-D dot org. And I also learned to do audio recording and editing, and I wouldn't have done that had it not been for my interest in birds. And I've never met a microphone that I didn't like, as one of my friends likes to say. And uh, I just enjoy audio editing. I enjoy all sorts of things related to that. I even have microphones on the front and back of my house outside with cables coming into my downstairs office so I can listen to them while I'm at my computer. And I think I've just about run out of time. So um, I will close with that and uh, turn it back to you, Terry. And thank you very much for having me. Well, I would like to, you know, you've you've brought up one very quick subject, and I'm probably we could probably do a half hour on it, and that is with the environment. Um, what I've noticed is our weather is so crazy. You know, it's seventy five one day, thirty five another. Do you think that that's having an impact on my on the migration? There is no question about it. Uh, the, the things that have changed in the environment impact the birds as much if not more than other animals and uh, it's definitely concerning i know i was up in boston all last week and almost froze to death and then one day <laughs> it was nice and i said the birds are probably down in maryland because they know better than to come up here right now <laughs> but uh, larry uh jerry i want to thank you very very much for joining us tonight this is always one of our most popular calls of the year when i get jerry next week i've got something a little different for you uh something new to listen to on amazon uh -huh. uh, it's actually it's been around for over 40 years uh, but now it's available on amazon and we're uh, going to be expanding on it and that's the metropolitan washington ear i'm actually the president of the board of the ear and i'm going to have our executive director on and I want to thank Larry and Natalie again. I thank you all for being with me and have a wonderful, happy, safe, and go listen to the birds. There's a few <laughs> out in my you. backyard right now. <laughs> and thank you again, Oh, that Jerry. was fun.